Good morning, everyone. We are live here at No Vision Internet Radio. We are broadcasting both on Facebook and YouTube live on YouTube. And we are, have the audio live on our website, which is www.novisioninternetradio. And today in the first part of the show, we, of course, we have our host, our co-host, Mr. Jesus Bautista. And today's we have a special guest, surprise guest. It's Abel Rodriguez, our political contributor. Uh, Mr. Abel, just so the people who don't know, who are new listeners, uh, he is gentleman that introduced me into this atmosphere of uh, podcast and whatnot. Uh, he was started his career in KBIA, and he went to Channel 26. And then just recently, he was on 1060 AM on the daytime uh, yes. on Fridays. Uh, Mr. Abel, good morning, sir. Good morning, George. How are you? I'm here. Good morning. Well, folks, today we're going to be talking about, first, start off with the theme of courses on the news right now. Matter of fact, this morning, right before we came on, I was talking to Mr. Bautista. Uh, the new numbers today are, is 589 new infections. As of Thursday, that's 2,144 individuals that have been a new, new diagnosis, and that's a lot. That's a lot of people, guys. What do you, what, what, both of you, because, I mean, both of you, are considered, um, you know, the, the most vulnerable uh, population, also me. So, I mean, what does that number mean to you, both of you? Well, gosh, to me, it's 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 a serious situation. You know, we're like ahead of uh, Dallas and and some of the other big, bigger uh, uh, cities, and I think we were ranked uh, number two in the nation as far as uh, per ratio, you know, and. Uh, I, it's a serious situation. I don't know what, the, what, how much you can say to, to the population here in town. Uh, they need to stop going to the bars and to the restaurants. Um, and and if they they don't, they need to find the the individual, not the restaurant. Find the individual at least five hundred dollars. See how they like that, because you know it's not fair to the rest of us that have to stay home. I mean, what are you? I mean, you able? You've been you know because you've you've been in the media in the past, and I mean. Well, you know, I was give, I was given a COVID nineteen report for uh, ninety four point three super uh, well not superstrella anymore it's uh, Latinx ninety four point three, and I would I would do it every day and I I'd go early to the site and the numbers weren't updated they wouldn't update the numbers till like seven o'clock in the morning which doesn't help if you're trying to get information out to people that are trying to go to work so I have a problem with the numbers so I, I think I believe it or not I think they're much higher. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, Gladys is reporting, you know, what I consider my minuscule numbers uh, of people infected. When there's a million, uh, two hundred thousand sitting over there on the other side of the border, um, so yeah, I, I, my zip, my zip code my zip code is not one of the top three in the city. Wow! Oh, you're in zero three. Yeah. Do you think that uh, a, a lot of the numbers are going up because maybe? We got quite a few uh, people coming in from Juarez, and, and they're infected and they're staying. Do you think maybe that, that's, that's wow? That's, that's, a, that's a very good point. That's a very very good point, Jesus. I mean, it's it's uh, it could possibly be, you know, because let, let's face it, uh, we don't even know what's happening on Fort Bliss. They sure. they were they were they were cut off uh, from having to report by the government. True. So, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. The thing is that what scares me is like, you know, I saw George uh, posted something on Facebook about uh, asking Bob Moore if it's true that there was so many, very few ICU beds available. And as I, I remember uh, Bob Moore responding to you that he didn't think that was true. 
Well, that same evening in the news, they're reporting that there was only nine ICU beds yep. left in the whole county. Yep. Well, yesterday, yesterday, uh, Abel, they were reporting that they were bringing in people from uh, other parts of the state because they were, uh, you know, like in, in Harris County, they're just, they don't have any beds and some of those other places are, so they were bringing them to El Paso. And I'm thinking, you know, don't we have enough of a problem here? Well, you know, you make a very good point. Honestly, if you think about it, we're one of the largest cities for small communities in the region. We have the best health care. We have the best hospitals. I mean, hey, if I'm in if, if I'm in uh, TRC and I get hurt, I, I think I'm going to want them to drive me all the way to El Paso. No, you're right. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about that is, is you yeah. know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bautista was saying right now is that when he said about us being ahead of Dallas, as of this morning, folks, we are we are surpassed Dallas in active cases. So wow. I mean, because yesterday we were seven three, we we're seventy three ninety nine, and then we had five eighty nine. So that's seven four. So we're close to eight thousand active cases here in El Paso. Eight thousand. That's a lot, folks. I mean, and then like you said, Mr. Abel. I think that number is higher because people are asymptomatic or they just don't want to come or they whatever reason. I mean, might be scared or, but I mean, that's a eight thousand. That's a lot of people that that are sick. And then, so let's do this, guys. Mr. Bautista, you're you used to be a teacher. So they say this. They say this because we had a friend of ours that passed away this week. Me and Mr. Bautista, she dies a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Well, and, I, uh, I lost a friend too this week from what did you? Class of Cathedral, nineteen seventy six. Oh yeah, only, I saw that. Yeah, it was only, she was only sixty-two. John Downey and I'm sorry to hear that, Mister. Uh, but still, you know, I mean, it's it's twenty twenty has turned into the year of zero. No, and what really gets me upset but is we're turning. Sorry, Mister. No, I'm just saying that. But the president says we're turning the corner. Which corner is what I want to know. I mean, I'm I'm blind. I need to know which which corner to turn into. But but what really gets me upset here in El Paso, we, we have the people that. Uh, <laughs> Like this one one guy, uh, uh, I call him out. His name is uh, John Hogan on Facebook. He put on there about oh, most of the people already have dead anyways, and or you have other people saying that well, five percent is not or ninety six percent survival survival rate. People for those four percent, those are people too. You know, four percent is is like let's say going back to what I was saying right now, eight thousand infections infections. So you want to take five percent of that. What is that, Mr. Bolsey? Muscle minerals. Do you think? Because okay, ten percent of eight thousand eight hundred. So we're gonna say at least out of the eight thousand. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's un chingo. Yeah, and that's why I hate when people say, "Oh, it's four percent, four percent." You know, people, come on, just you know, just, just think about it, that. It, it's know. okay to, until you're until you're four in the four percent. Exactly. And then yeah. that, that that bullshit goes out the window. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. And then it, it, really, one, more, one more thing. Go ahead. No, no, I'll tell you, it's ex exactly what Abel is saying, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't bother you, it's just another number until, until it, you know, it comes close to you, like, you know, like I told you, I have a friend, uh, one, one, that's, uh, she was dating my, my son, and she caught it, okay, and, and, you know, she's, she's young, you know, she's in her 40s, so it, it, she was able to, to recover, but her dad died, her father died, you know, and then they both caught it, and it's really unusual that they both caught it, nobody else in the family caught it, but he died, you know, he was and by himself in the hospital without any, you know, they can't, can't see him, they couldn't, uh, it's just terrible, and, and people think, well, that's just another number, you know, it's not. 
it's a human being and we need to to treat it that way and and especially you know, and, and i've been out i've been out okay guys i have i have done business i've been out and uh, yeah. uh so you know i i i have that that hashtag uh a COVID-19 uh, Russian roulette, hashtag COVID-19 Russian roulette, which is, that's what you're doing when you go out. You're playing yeah. Russian roulette. And eventually, you know, depending on how many people are, you know, that you're exposed to, one of those is going to be that bullet in the chamber when you pull it and, you know, where are you going to go? And then after that, you're in a, you're in a race about like what you said, uh, am I, am I going to get it full blown? Am I going to, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I saw pictures on the net of people in ICU and they had them face down. Yeah. The way they were treating them face down. Yeah. Because less pressure on the lungs or something like that having to do with uh, comfort. It opened up the air. Yeah. It opened up breathing, what it breathing. Yeah. Just that yeah. little bit of angle, you know. And, and it's like, who wants to go through that? And then get a bill for what? At least eighty, ninety thousand dollars. Oh, easy! And by the way, folks, yeah. whoever watching on Facebook, uh, you can go ahead and comment. I'll, I can show it on on the stream if you want it. Go ahead and comment again. You're listening to No Vision Internet Radio with our contributor Abel Rodriguez. So we're gonna switch the subject real fast, folks. We are the second part of the show. We're gonna have Mr. Calvin Zildorf. He's a matter. He is a candidate for the mayor's race. And right now, Mr. Bautista, Mr. Abel, uh, I do want to talk about uh, the new races or the races that are currently being placed. Uh, and I'm actually, Mr. Abel, you brought up a good thing to me the other day about the numbers, the first day numbers. Um, can you comment, tell, remind me about those numbers regarding the, to the turnout? You know, I have to apologize. I didn't do my homework. But I do know that the first day was about 18,000. It broke a first day voting, early voting record. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about what the number means here in a little bit. The second day was still 16,000. So you can imagine when well, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday were like, so let's just say, you know, let's just say uh, uh, we'll go between, we'll, we'll, we'll go on 16, well, 16 times four. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good number. That's a that's huge a number. number. Four. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. So, so, four. Four. Awesome. yes. Yes. I mean, that, that, look, what have I been doing, George? You know what I do? I do the hashtag voter revolution. Yes, I've been doing it for over almost uh, yeah. two years, and using that as a as a linchpin. And now, you know, what we're asking is for people to go ahead and pull that linchpin, get that voter bullet that you have, and go pull the trigger yeah. in the polls. You know, and it's happening now. Yep. Here's the deal: early voting is three weeks long this time. It was only usually two weeks. Yeah. So what is yeah. what is going to be the number for early voting? Uh, you know, we could talk about the number. We could we could say, uh, what does the number mean? Does it mean we love you, Trump? Does it mean uh, anybody but Trump? Uh, you know, what are they doing in the mayor's race? You know, what's yeah. going on in, in some of those races? You know, uh, you're going to have, uh, I, I guess the guy's name is Zeldorf. Zeldorf? Zeldorf. Right. And he's coming on and, and he's in there with uh, five other guys, Oscar Leeser, Carlos Galinar, uh, Dean Dino Martinez, Veronica Vero Carvajal, and Don, uh, uh, Don, D, but some people know him as the Don of El Paso, uh, 
Mark. <laughs> now, you know? here on the on the No Vision Air and the radio show, folks, you can know, go back to our Facebook page. We've had uh, Veronica Carvajal. Uh, we've had uh, Carlos Gainan. We've had Oscar Leeser. And of course, today we're going to have uh, uh, Calvin Zilsdorf. Uh, we don't, we haven't, uh, we've reached out to Dean Martinez, no response yet. And of course, Dean Margo. Dean Margo, uh, in my opinion, has not really done much. If, I think he's done a lot. He made a pass of worse, in my, not my opinion. Now, there is a mailer going out there, folks. I don't know if Mr. Abel is telling me this morning. I saw last night on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on, it's, on, it's on Facebook. And. Uh, it's a it's a very it's very interesting that uh, man, man I lost it. Hold on. Have you heard about this, Mr. Bautista? Yeah, talk to him. I mean, there's a there's a mailer going out there, Mr. Bautista. That they don't know. It's called they're it's called dark money because they don't know where is this person who sponsored this flyer. But it says, for example, our leaders are doing great. There's like new jobs. I think 4,500 new jobs in El Paso, and so they're trying to figure out who. Because yeah. uh, by law, you're supposed to. It's a Republican. You know, it's well, that's what I'm saying. And then, of uh, course, uh, the P.O. box that came with the the, the mailer, the P.O. box goes to a, a, a P.O. box in, in West El Paso. But they're trying to see, okay, who did this? Cause, and that's a, you know, it's ethically not supposed to be doing that because there's no, like, sponsored by XXX or whoever. But, I mean, I, people have said, I've heard maybe the Woody Hunt or maybe that's what I've been hearing on Facebook. So I'm um, allegedly, well, it, 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 it's a propaganda piece. No doubt about it. Yeah. You know, under Carmen Rodriguez, who is the wife of uh, Senator Rodriguez, uh, the state Senator, uh, it says dark money comes to El Paso in a blatant and offensive effort to sway your vote in favor of current city leaders, Margot Rivera Hernandez, the elites with big money hide in the shadows and like you said the p.o box came from uh the west side and you know it's a uh, uh, our future is right around the corner more places to go to major events destination el paso and, and you know and, and, and yeah, it's in, okay. it says el paso keep going and stay strong you know and it, it's it's uh so it's got el paso uh, what do I can't I can barely see it. El Paso Going Strong dot com I believe is their website. El Paso Going Strong dot com, and there you can see more propaganda and see what it is. Yeah. But the mail out first of all, let's talk about the mail out. It's all color. That's a lot of money. It's a mail out, so it's direct mail, which is the most expensive way to try to deliver. But the one yeah. thing about direct mail is they say that it will always return you anywhere from six to eight percent on. Uh, 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 Mr. Abel, I have yeah. a comment here. Um, I'm going to show a comment. What did the comment say? Hold on. Let me, let me get back to where you at. I don't see it on mine. It says, I'm false advertising. Savala, you're false advertising alive. So I'm not sure what that is, Mr. Jimian. We could go ahead and comment. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm not Learn how to, you know, can you express yourself a little better than that? I, mean, I don't know if I did something wrong. Jump in, but let's face it. I mean, what am I saying wrong? You're not saying anything. I'm just saying, let's face it. Everything is not good. You ready to have the city bankrupt? What's our but, debt? But, What's our debt right now, George? Two over two million, two over two point three billion dollars. But like I said, folks, look. When I when I have people tell me I'm giving false information, I like to them to be clear about it because for me, 
I what I the numbers I've said right now the twenty one twenty one forty four is not a lie because I don't know if that's what they're talking about. Tuesday, Thursday it was seven seven hundred seventeen. Yesterday it was eight hundred thirty eight. Today is five hundred eighty nine. You add them up together, twenty one forty four. So I don't know. Or in, and we're talking about is she talking about COVID? I don't know. Be more. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Come on, I mean it's fine if you're gonna if you're gonna comment, just make sure. Just do me a favor. Do us a favor. Be more clear to our viewers. Yeah. We don't know what you mean by that. It's a little vague. Oh, just yeah. don't read it, uh, George. If it's not uh, if it's not legible, then, then you can't read it. But it's it just doesn't. It, it didn't say enough. No, I understand that. That's why I'm people to comment. Read everybody, and you know, I mean, once again, when you comment. That means that we said something that moved you to that action because a comment is an action. No, yeah. I hear you, but like I said, uh, you know, like we try to be non-biased here and give out good information. And when someone said that, and this is what I mean, going back to a post I made a few weeks ago, Mr. Bautista, you know, I'm talking about this. I think I talked to you, yeah. to you about Abel. People come out and just, just slander, you know, just slam me for something. And like right now, she said, uh, um, "Welcome to the real world, George." <laughs> well, and I respect that, but like I said, if you're if you're gonna say it, because you folks, the one thing that you gotta understand was was me and Mr. Bautista and Abel too. We go off of trying to educate ourselves, and that's where the information that we do provide. We try to get, at least do some a little bit of research. So when I say something, and if I'm in error, please let me know, or Mr. Bautista. Or, but when you say you're giving false information, that's it. I, you know, I don't know what that means, and I want to be more interactive with you folks. But, uh, you know, neither here or there. So let's go back to the mayor's office. But it is an rate. accusation, dude. Yeah, it is. But I mean, going back to the going back to the mayor's office. Let's go back to that thing because I think that's where, where, where the the problem is. Is that you know we they're saying that we the city is doing great. Well. It must be an outsider saying that because we are we live here in town and we know better than that. I mean, come on, we we know that we're in debt. Uh, like I was telling last week, um, uh, George, you know, when we're paying five thousand, ten thousand dollars for the use of the uh, city hall, so that we could use it, it's a walkway there, and we can use that. We're, we're throwing money away, so we're. I'm not happy about the fact that we we just splurge at the expense of the taxpayer. You know. That's a lot of money. That's all we're saying is, yeah, we're not we're not trying to say you know trying to. You know what yeah. it is, Mr. Bautista. A lot of times, people like Mr. Abel said right now, they don't want to hear the numbers because either they're they're candidate or, they, folks. At the end of the day, it's your choice. Like like Mr. Uh, Abel says, voter rev revolution. Whoever you want to vote for, you want to vote for Trump, you want to vote for whoever. That's your choice. Our job here is just to provide you information. Now we might give you information you might not like, which is fine. Like for example, they say I like. Uh, uh, candidate X, and you say, "Well, this candidate X did this and this." I might not like it because it's true, but hey, who, who, what am I to say? You know, just make my vote, and you know, like they say, uh, President Obama said many years ago, "Don't boo, vote." Don't boo. Uh -huh. no, 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 vote. Absolutely right. Okay. You know, and, 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 and look, who's to say? I, I bring that kid up from Northeast. I mean, look, folks, that's I mean, what got on the ballot, you know. What Abel's talking about is this young man, uh, Sean uh, Nixon. As of Thursday, uh, when I checked, he was still, still in custody. He was arrested October 2nd for theft of services. And that, that's not a lie. That is public record for you, Ms. Michelle Jimian. That is public record. Um, 
So, I, I, like I said, I, what I say, I do research on, especially when it comes to issues that are, that are dear to me, like the ADA and whatnot. So I'm not sure what she was, maybe that was, was it. I don't know. But anywho, but the thing is, you know, we have all these candidates, folks, and it's up to you to go out there and vote. Like for the mayor's race, Dean Marco has not done much for us in regards to lowering the, the, the tax rate. Matter of fact, he's made it worse. Uh, we really haven't really uh, fixed the infrastructure. Uh, and then you have Oscar Leeser, he used to be mayor. You have Veronica Cabrahat, she's a, a lawyer, which may be an advantage, which I think. We have Carlos Gainat, he's an urban developer. Uh, you know, he's, he's the one that, when you make a, let's say, a subsection of a Paso or a sub, uh, you call it, um, subdivision. Subdivision, he's the one that just developed that. Yeah. And then we have uh, Dean Martinez, he's the next uh, Green Beret. And of course, this gentleman is coming down in half an hour or in, in the next 10 minutes. He's, uh, I believe, a firefighter. So, you have all these candidates who want to make a difference, so it's up to you to vote, and that's why you want to make your, you know, your 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 um your vote count. Uh, oh, by the way, Mr. Bo Mr. Uh, Abel, can yeah. you mention real fast about the express voting that you had brought up? Before oh yeah, there's a uh, first of all, I want to commend the uh, El Paso County Elections Department for being totally prepared and having good staff and moving the ballots around and, and whatever you know everything that I saw. I I took my mom down to. The county building and we went over to their offices to deliver that she wanted to get a uh, a mail-in ballot this year so we went and delivered and i saw their staff was working hard and and then what did they do they came up with a very good system i believe uh for early voting and one of these things that they are doing that you should take advantage of by the way because there there is hardly any line you drive into the coliseum with your car you drive in and then i guess you give them the information they give you a ballot or they might even give you a computer pad to mark all what you want to mark in. And then you hand it back and you sign that you, uh, just like regular, and they give you the little stamp and you're done. Yeah, and you don't have to, you don't have to pre-register or nothing, Abel. And just real fast before I forget, because um, I am going to forget, I have this in my head. If you go to Batson Center, folks, the the parking area is in front of uh, uh, Boston, what is it called? The hamburger place. Um, uh, what is it called, Abel? That Boston Mike's? It's a... That restaurant. Dave and Buster's. Yeah, Dave and Buster's. The parking is right in front of there, folks. If you want to do that express par uh, voting, like Mr. Abel saying, so at Bassett Center, you go to in front of that uh, Boston. Wow. I didn't know they were doing it there. I, I missed that one. Yeah. So, well, that's what I called yesterday. And plus, for those who are like, like me and Mr. Bautista, who are visually impaired, um, which they could do, if you go, they say, like, for example, myself, I go with my wife, uh, they'll let my wife assist me in filling out the ballot. So there's a bunch of stuff uh, to do it. So at the end of the day, folks, just go out there and vote. I mean, you have all these different avenues. You have mail-in ballots. You have express uh, voting. But it doesn't mean nothing if you go out there and vote. And by the way, the numbers, like you said, Mr. Abel, the, number, the numbers are good. Absolutely. Yeah, really good. And I was going to ask you, uh, uh, Abel, uh, the, 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 those numbers include the mail-in? Because I, I, I voted no. mail-in. The numbers do not include the mail. The mail wow. in starts to roll into the machine at after 7 p.m. day of the third. Okay, they're, they're stored. I, they're, they're stored. Hmm. Yeah. That's, um, able. So we only have a few minutes before Mr. Zeldorf comes on. Right. We have like five minutes. So real fast. Um, what district do you live in? You're in two, right? I'm in District Two. Yeah, that's uh. Miriam, uh, Judy Gutierrez, uh, Alexandra Anello is the incumbent, and 
James Arthur Campos, who I didn't even, I thought she was only running against Gutierrez, but. Yeah, 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 me too. And, uh, and I, you know what, last night I tried looking up his name and it, nothing came up. Nothing nah, came up regarding Well, there um, you go. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not noticing that. Who would you vote for? I mean, I mean, oh, I'm, voting, to... I'm voting for Ale uh, Alexandra. Uh, I got to interview her. Um, actually, she's an interesting story because when she got first elected, uh, she was in a terrible automobile accident with her husband. And uh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. she, she went through a lot of stuff and then was still be able to get back and, and be a leader and, 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 and uh, help District 2 and, and still uh, do a good, great job. And, and also, not only that, but she stood up a couple times to the, the wall that be on city on city in city council you know i mean uh rivera and margo and that's and, what we need go ahead yeah that's that's what we need it's the kind of people that are going to stand up i was going to mention the fact that you know i, I hate that the, the fact that you know sometimes we mention oh this guy was a marine this guy was a, a police officer we shouldn't vote on the, what they were we should vote on what they what they're doing now you know what are now because yeah exactly. but on that kind of a, of a you know situation that's why we don't have good good represent you know re good representation um so i mean that's my my point of view and no and no you, my, you hit the nail right on the head buddy right on the head i'll probably be voting for i voted for hernandez because she stands up to to the uh to you know congress i mean to the to the mayor and all that and that's what we need we need people like that we don't need people that just go and and vote right i mean I, I agree with you 100 percent. what is the other influx of new uh the, the young blood coming in like for example and let's say for example let's start with district seven is aaron montes and then for district uh four is uh wesley lawrence or young man and then you have so what do you think of this new New blood coming into the into the race because I think that's like you. I think one time we had talked about that Abel on your other show. By the way, Abel's uh, he has a, a platform I've, called I've Dialogue. Montes on too. Yeah, yeah, Montes. Yeah. We have he has a dialogueep.com and right. so in Abel mentioned in the past uh, that you know it helps to have young blood in the races because that shows that our younger generation is is wants to step up. They're not just sitting at home. They want to participate in in, in the process. Yeah, yep. And they're creative, you know. That, like we can't just go back uh, to the same people that you know just keep doing the same, same old, same old. You know, we need to bring in people who who are creative and want to uh, change the system. I mean, that's what we need, need to do. You know. Yeah, and besides that, a lot of people we used to count on are are gone now. I mean, they, you can only be a you can only be a leader for so long, and then eventually uh, gravity uh, wins. Yeah, we're coming up to the half point here. You're listening to No Vision Internet Radio with our political contributor, Abel Rodriguez, and our co-host, of course, and Mr. Jesus Bautista. And we're going to do, folks, in a few, like maybe a minute or so, we're going to take a quick break. And after we come back, we're going to have Mr. Calvin Zirdorf. He is a candidate that's running for the mayor's office. Of course, for the mayor's office, we have Veronica uh, Carajal, Carlos Gallinad, Dean Margo, Dino Martinez, of course, Mr. Zeldorf. And of course, Oscar Lisa we had last week. No, Oscar, Oscar Lisa we had two weeks ago. Last week we just had to reschedule. Mr. Zeldorf was supposed to be on last week with Ms. Veronica Escobar, but we had to reschedule that. And but he he'll be on now right now. So we're gonna do you know what we're going to do that. You listen to No Vision Internet Radio. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Mr. Zeldorf. Uh, we'll see you after the break. 
We are back here at No Vision Internet Radio. We are here with, of course, our co-host, Mr. Jesus Bautista, our political contributor, Mr. Abel Rodriguez. And of course, DialogueEPeach.com is his platform. And I believe we are have the honor of having Mr. Calvin Zerdorf. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, sir. First of all, I want to see Mr. Bautista and Mr. Abel. Say, want to say hi? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Doing okay. great. Mr. Zilsdorf, very much. Thank you so much for being on, on our show. By the way, am I saying your name right, sir? Zilsdorf, yes, sir. Zilsdorf, okay. Different. I want to make sure I, I want to say that properly. So first of all, sir, um, just so people that are watching and listening, by the, by the way, we are on YouTube and Facebook Live and streaming the audio on our website, which is www.novisioninternetradio.com. Uh, so, Mr. Zilsdorf, can you please tell people who you are? Uh, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, my name is Calvin Zilsdorf, and I am running for mayor this year. Um, just a quick brief history of myself. I was born in Germany to uh, two El Pasoans that attended Eastwood and congratulations Eastwood on that big one yesterday over Franklin. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and we moved back maybe three months, you know, after I was born. So I don't really much, much remember Germany. Um, we moved back to El Paso. I grew up in the Northeast, the East side, uh, well, which is kind of more central now and even the far East side. Um, I attended all the all of my schooling here. I went to um, Eastwood Knowles, or you know, and uh, sorry, Scottsdale, Tierra del Sol, and as well as uh, Desert View Middle School. I graduated from Texas uh, Cathedral High School. While Whoa, I was Cathedral High School, really? I, I was a swimmer. I, you know, I qualified for the Olympic trials while I was still in high school. I graduated from there, signed on with Texas A&M, swam there all four years, was a four-time All-American, also went to Olympic trials again in 2004. I uh, came back and I wanted to serve my community, so I joined the El Paso Fire Department, um, you know, got my paramedic uh, certification as well as my swift water and high angle rescue, rope rescue, among other certifications. Um, and while I was in the fire department, I saw a lot of inefficiencies within our city government I got really into politics in 2016. Um, I got to do a lot of amazing things because of the fire department and it's you know, uh, the, the way it's scheduled. I got to go to North Dakota to help uh, to help those protesters. You know, right before winter, I took up a bunch of uh, blankets, blankets, gloves, uh, socks, whatever you whatever we could find to help them. You know, stay warm and safe throughout the winter. While I was there, I really uh, got to see a lot of what was going on and you know i was kind of shocked by the way our federal government treated those people you know that were fighting for their right and their water rights and really fighting for the uh, environment of our of our nation um you know i showed up the morning of the morning i showed up that night that one of the protesters almost got their arms blown off or really did pretty much uh by a i believe it was a uh, flashbang or, or whatever they threw at them, you know, in the middle of the night while they were dousing them in water while it was close to uh, close to freezing temperatures. And, you know, that was a big eye opener. Uh, later on in the year that year, I went to um, Philadelphia. I took my grandfather on a road trip. We went up to uh, uh, go watch, go look at Mount Rushmore. We saw um, crazy, the crazy horse monument, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and then we drove to Philadelphia and watched the DNC and you know, that was like, I felt like we were in a, a military state, the, the, you know, the eight foot tall fences and all those snipers and, and military that were there. I was kind of, I, I, it was, it was definitely 
eye-opening for me and mind-opening. Um, I came back, you know, and I started attending this, the city council meetings, and I was appalled by how our own citizens were treated by, you know, the city council and our and our and our mayor. Um, and I was really disheartened by every, every time there was a decision to be made after public comment, they would go into executive uh, session and discuss whatever they're discussing with whomever they were discussing with. And then they would come out and always vote against the public comments. Um, so that's what really got me motivated to run. I did enter the race a little bit late. Uh, some un unfortunate event called COVID happened. And, uh, you know, and so it, we all had to stay inside. Um, but, you know, I decided to, you know, pay the, the fee up front, you know, through my own uh, funds. Uh, because I think this is uh, a really good chance to bring change into our city, especially with everything that's going on. It's kind of throwing a, a wrench in, into the machine. And I think uh, this is a great opportunity to bring some change into our city government. Well, let me, let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Jarvis. Uh, so what's, what's your platform? What's the main, for example, uh, the the budget? Because, you know, there's going to be a shortfall regardless for next year. Well, actually, for the next several years regarding the budget. So, I mean, what's one thing that, that you can contribute or your background that will help uh, educate the, the voters to see, okay, how can he, what's his background to help us with the budget? You know, there's a lot of things that we can do with the budget, and there's a lot of great ideas out there. Uh, my my idea personally, you know, with my experience working in the fire department, um, I saw a lot of inefficiencies within that department that, you know, was is repeated in many other departments. I think we need to slow the, uh, not slow the attrition rate, excuse me, pick up the attrition rate and get more citizens involved in serving their community. Uh, and at the same time, taking care of them and educating them and, and how not only the city works, but also how to, um, how to react during emergencies. I think that would be a huge benefit to our city, especially as the years go by. You know, right now we have the current career path in the fire department is 24 plus years. Um, depending on how long you want to stay. And, uh, you know, and I think we could, if, if we just change that to eight years, you know, we'd be able to help three families instead of just one. And I think that would really help build our community from within, uh, make it stronger, more educated, like I had mentioned earlier. And uh, that's definitely one of the things I want to do. And I think that would really help us uh, save a lot of money within these departments. Um, again, you know, these departments are very... You mentioned... Uh... I'm sorry? Go ahead, Mr. Oh. oh, I think his mic went kind of off. He froze up. There he goes. Yeah. Well, no, no. Maybe, I mean, the, the treatment that the, that you saw uh, as a fire department, uh, as a fire department personnel, personnel, uh, when you went up there to the Dakotas, or uh, how 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 do you feel about? Uh, I understand how what you were saying, but how do you feel about the police department? In, in the city of El Paso, the, the funding of the of the city of the police department, and and do you believe that maybe uh, they all should uh, uh, have uh, body cameras? I think they should absolutely have body cameras, and, and you know, I'd also like to um, <clears throat> increase the number of the crisis intervention team members. I think you know, bringing in a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of, of beliefs within the fire department would really help. Um, would really help the the relationship between the police department and our citizens. I think, you know, when you're stuck in a in an environment such as officers are, you know, all they see is 
is you know the bad times or the, or the low times with it within people's lives and so you know after a while you do start kind of growing a bias uh towards people and because that's all you see and yeah they get their days off but usually they're spending it with their their family and and doing their own personal stuff but um i think bringing in more fresh eyes and like i said uh, a a fresh background through those crisis intervention team members i think that would really help um relationships between our community and our and our police department and at the same time i think that we could also rearrange the police department you know, to help fund those those members and get them on board with with the officers and help them out. Well, Mr. Zaldar, you being a first of all, before we go any further, I want to thank you so much for your service. I mean, being the first responder, do we all of us? I bet want to you know, salute you on that, sir, because that's that's something that you every day you go out there and encounter people that you don't know have the virus or not. And so, thank you so much for that. Um, you've been a long time El Pasoan. What's your point on? Uh, because you know this is always said, especially the past four years, regarding the the long going issue or, or the long lasting issue of Doranguito and the arena. What's your perspective on that, sir? Um, you know, l- let me just clarify one thing. I am no longer with the El Paso Fire Department. I left. I left after eight and a half years okay. on my own volition. You know, I you know decided that it was time for me to move on. Um, but <clears throat> I'm glad you asked that because. When I got on the fire department, I was originally stationed at Station 11, which is on Leon Street, which right. is in the heart of Duranguito. Um, you know, and as a city employee, I was, you know, I really couldn't say much, but I did attend uh, the original meetings among the community. And in all honesty, you know, I voted for the arena, but I was heartbroken with how the city went about it and how they just destroyed a, uh, a community that had been around for decades. And that relied on them. I mean, that was their own little safety net. And, you know, while I know I understand some people say that, you know, you can't stop progress. I think you can always move forward with progress in a, in a humane way. Um, but I think the way the city did it was poor, poor in taste and, and lacking in ethics um, because they tore up a community that was so tight, you know, so that's so dependent on each other. You know, I mean, there were a lot of elderly uh, people living there and there are still some now. Yep. But, you know, you you rip them out from what they know and had to, you know, they had to ship out somewhere completely different. And they, you know, unfortunately had to some of them had to live their life in in um, in discomfort and they didn't have that that safety net that they were used to. And I thought that was a very poor decision on the city. And especially when we have a lot of um a lot of space on the east side of downtown that could definitely help, you know, spread the love throughout the the entire downtown, not just the west side of downtown. You make a very good point, uh, Calvin. Uh, I'll call you Calvin because I'm um, class of 76 Cathedral High School. And, and you probably uh, are a state swimming champ, I believe. Yes, sir. Yeah, good, good, man. Uh, and and uh, I, was, I, was a, I was a national championship as well in high school uh, for the Easterns. Uh, Eastern wow, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. So you, you did you know Leo? Oh, yes, sir. I did know Leo. Uh, he, you know, I joined EPAP when I was 12 and he was there, you know, strong and vibrant and loud and, and you know, very compassionate. I mean, that's where I get a lot of my <clears throat> my drive from. And wow. I was at Cathedral when he passed away my sophomore year. Yeah, Leo, Leo Cancellare was a very interesting individual. And uh, a lot of people uh, lo- love that guy to death. And, you know, it was, it was sad that he died uh, so young in, the, in his life. 
But uh, one of the things that I, I you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing what I'm hearing only because this is the same city that had no problem blowing up City Hall for a, for a baseball field. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there could have been so many, you know, the, the whole thing about downtown, I get, you know, I mean, I've been, I've been to Memphis. They got the baseball field downtown. Uh, Tulsa, they got the baseball field downtown. I mean, you know, but, but the whole thing is that uh, these kinds of enterprises running a, a convention center or having a baseball field, a very limited uh, uh, possibility of making revenue because they're not used every day of the year. And, and you know, and, and sure, the, the, the sports group went into a covenant and they were supposed to have all that kind of stuff. But everything's really out the door because there are no hotel motel taxes happening right now, at least the way they, they were before COVID. There are the, the car rentals are dismal. Um, you know, the hotels are, you know, got to be probably at 30 percent. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a good time, you know, and yet, you know, we, we continue on with projects that maybe, uh, you know, some have been shut down. I was very glad to hear it. But I mean, I think they knew the writing was on the wall about shutting major projects down. My main concern is the people that they they shuttered and are not coming back because I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that there's a restructure that's already in place on how they're going to get back to sort of normal after all the thing is over. What are your feelings on stuff like that? Um, you know, I think uh, I think whenever we get into agreements with, um, you know, these organizations that try to that, that do bring in like the Chihuahuas, I think, you know, we end up giving them the whole piece of the pie while we get the crumbs. And, uh, and you know, I mean, most of those revenues go out right out the window. Right. You know, they go out to a different city because that's where all the owners are. Um, and, you know, and while I understand that some of the, you know, our, some of our wealthy developers do give back to the community, like, you know, five million for the press box and at UTEP, um, you know, I mean, that's 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 very little compared to what they what they receive. And it, it almost seemed as if, you know, and I love I loved I loved our old El Paso City Hall. I loved walking into that building. I thought it was, you know, magnificent. I liked how you had that huge staircase right away. And I just thought it was really a really beautiful uh, building and I thought it was a waste that we tore it down and now we're now we're having to pay rent in the El Paso Times buildings um, like I said I think there's a lot of inefficiencies on how this city is ran I think there's a lot of self-interest and I think that interest should be more towards the city and while I understand that it does give us entertainment value I mean we we had that we had the stadium in the Northeast that could have been renovated and it could have helped the Northeast with their businesses um and so and well, so yeah i think i think it's i think our, our interests are just misled well then we have a question let me have a question with us uh, uh, uh abel let me ask you a question abel uh, so everyone can kind of put this in perspective uh, abel uh he he traveled with the utep miners he was a color commentator for the miners football let me ask you abel <laughs> uh, so when you went to different cities with the miners like for example the the, <laughs> the small cities and the big cities did, did a lot of those have like uh, baseball parks and did you see that a lot of that sports well, but, but I understand one thing George Conference USA is not Memphis <laughs> they just, they left Conference USA I yeah. wish we would go to Memphis they go to go to small yeah. what happens is uh, you go at, at to communities that only have municipal airports the miners uh, charter a flight and you land in these municipal airports you go straight to a bus and you're on the bus for 45 50 sometimes up to an hour to get to the small community to be able to play the game. Oh, really? 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's it's not a no. It's not a it's not a glamorous thing, man. Really. I, I mean, I enjoyed doing the games because of you kept sports allowing me to be the the color commentator in Spanish. I was able to go to uh, uh, army, right? And and you want to talk about just going somewhere because you're in Division One sports. It's a feeling like no other. You know that's why uh, you know the, the sports are so important because you can see it when you when you go to these other things. I mean, I went to the Final Four two years ago. They didn't have one this year, and, and it's just amazing. The sure. the the you know and plus the money, man. I mean, the NCAA they they took a beating when they didn't have the Final Four this past this year. So, oh, matter of fact, this, isn't it today's uh? Just uh, I don't know if you know this, but you probably do. Today's game against uh, Southern Miss has been postponed because of the COVID. Uh, several people, several players on on South uh, Southern Miss. Um, oh. That's what that's what happens when you want to think that things are normal. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're not normal. Right. And you know, I'd li- I'd yeah. like to uh, listen to Calvin's uh, uh, thoughts on, on on the way the city has dealt with COVID, because I got to tell you, man, when. You know, our current mayor, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell it like it is, the poor guy, 23 people dead at the Walmart. Uh, uh, chill being in car, uh, children incarcerated uh, in cages in, in, in Tornillo, Texas. Uh, the president coming in and running over his, his head, even though he's a Republican. Uh, not a very strong leader. I'm sorry. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But that's my opinion. I'd like to hear what you think of the way uh, city council has reacted to COVID. You know, uh, if, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just touch real quick on the sports uh, and then I'll, I'll address the COVID situation. You know, um, like I said, I voted for the 2012 bond elections. I thought the El Paso really needed a, a, you know, a premier swimming facility and we were going to get it. And then something happened where money wasn't, you know, there wasn't enough money. So we got still an, a beautiful natatorium on the west side and there's going to be another beautiful one on the east side. Um, but, you know, like. Like I've been telling some of my swimming colleagues, you know, I would love I went to Texas A&M. So I, you know, I went to Kyle Field and I saw how beautiful that was. You know, I mean, that's just a gorgeous stadium. And then they have a, a, a state of the art natatorium there as well. Um, you know, and I got to go on training trips every winter, uh, winter trip. And we alternated between Florida and, and Hawaii. So I was definitely blessed in that in that aspect because I got to go to those places for well, not for free. I did have to work my, you know, I had to be at practice every day. But, um, right. you know, like that's, you know, that's something I wish our city would do, you know, open up those those pools. And obviously not right now during COVID, but, you know, when when things get a little bit more um, under control, we can definitely invite more schools out to El Paso to train here during the summer. I mean, we have a we have beautiful weather. It's high altitude. I don't know why any school wouldn't want to come here. And that's definitely something I'd want to do. Uh, as far as, you know, trying to bring in more revenue through sports. Uh, as far as the COVID, you know, I mean, some they asked me in a forum the other day what I would give them if I could grade them, and I gave them a D. I think I would have to give them an F now um, after everything's kind of exploding and after we all heard that our mayor, you know, allowed some merit, uh, some weddings to go on and special, you know, special interest uh, parties to go on. And it's like, you know, that'd be great if they all went home and stayed in their own bubble, but they go out to these these parties, you know, they mingle. It's supposed to be a fun time. They're celebrating, you know, they're all in close quarters. And then what do they do after that? They go back out into the public and, you know, spread whatever they caught, you know. And right now we have COVID and that's, you know, that's something that just shouldn't have been allowed. And now that he's now he's blaming millennials, which is false. You know, I mean, I think I saw on the 
I think I read in the newspaper that I think it was the ages between ages 29 and 40. So that, it, you know, that's not just millennials. That's a lot of the, uh, the majority of our population right now. Yeah. Adults. So, yeah. Adults, so, man. Jesus. so I think that was kind of, uh, short-sighted on, on Mayor Margo's, uh, um, on Mayor Margo, you know, and, and he should have had a little bit more foresight in, in seeing how everybody else was doing in the world and how some cases were picking up in Europe and, and everywhere else around the world. I just think. What about the, what about the clusters? Though they voted to 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 not let us know where the the heavy you know clusters of of the COVID was, and this is also the the city reps. You know, I mean, you can't put it all on him. I, I put mm-hmm. it you know most of it on him, but but because um, he broke the tie supposedly. But the, the city reps, you know, they they need to take some of the blame. Absolutely, and you know, in another form, you. Mayor Margo was like, you know, it astounds me that the can- that we have some candidates that would break the law, and we're not trying to break the law, but we need to stand up for our citizens. And if and if we're not seeing something that just doesn't uh, gel with what comes down from the Texas AG, then we need it. We needed him, and we still need him to stand up and speak for us because I mean, it's just unacceptable just to say, oh well, you know, this is out of my hands. We just have to take it, especially when. Um, you know, like President Trump has, has said before, and at the very beginning, he's going to put it on the states to take care of themselves. Well, we need to be in communication with with uh, Governor Abbott and, and our Texas attorney, um, our attorney general. And, you know, we need to let them know, hey, this is not going to like we know our city better than they do because they're, you know, seven hours away and they only come out here when there's like, you know, devastating news other than, you know, appointing our our own to the Texas Supreme Court, which I thought was great. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I think our citizens, our, our, our city council and city government could have done more. I th- and I definitely think they should have at least come out with the um, zip codes a lot earlier to give everybody a chance to say, OK, well, you know, let's just kind of steer clear for steer clear of that area just for a little while while they get everything under control. And then we can, you know, get back in there to help local businesses, because we definitely need to support those right now. Going back to the ballpark real quick uh, there, Mr. Zeldorf. Um the ballpark actually, it was kind of a, a, a child of uh, Miss Wilson. Uh, so we're going forward now to Mr. Tommy Gonzalez, what was your opinion on two things? Number one, the rate of pay that he gets is over 350000 And then number two, should we have a city manager? You know, um, I always compare it to the phone game, you know, when – when, when there's only two people on the line of communication, it's pretty clear and direct. But when you add more people, you know, things change, the story changes, and you don't get the full picture. And I think that's what ha- that's what's happening with our city management uh, or city manager form of governance. You know, we have our department heads, and they, re- they reply to the deputy managers, and then they reply to the city manager, and then he you know, replies to the city council and then the city council has to take his word for it. But, you know, I mean, I don't understand why we're paying two middlemen the same or an, an, a way overpriced amount, you know, an, an, exabber, an exaggerated amount when we ha- when we pay, you know, the departments of our heads very well. And, you know, they're supposed to be able to communicate to our city council directly. And then we can make a, a better judgment in that way. But as far as his you know, as, as as far as his contract is concerned, I would keep him on for the last for the for the last three years that are on his contract, and I think it's three years. 
because I think if if we got if we got rid of him, you know, through a vote, oh, um, he would take all his money and we yep. wouldn't get anything in return. And I think that'd be a again an, an inefficiency in governance. And I think um, you know he's I know he's a quarterback, you know, and so I know he's a team player. <laughs> I know he's a team player, and I, I think if we just give him a better sense of leadership, I think he could really do a lot of wonderful things for our city. Um, but not every quarterback wins a Super Bowl. Right there, there you go. <laughs> and, and and however, is, are there any possibilities of being able to change? I mean, I know that his contract is set up set set up the way it's set up, but are there any possibilities of changing it before he? I mean, you know, like uh, everybody else took a freeze except him. Uh, and and they said, well, that's because in his contract, if if he, you know complies with whatever he has to do he he gets that that uh, race uh, uh, it, it's easy for me to just say you know you know you didn't comply you, your attitude is poor this and that you, they could have easily prevented him from him from getting that fifty thousand dollar race absolutely you know, it we would definitely look at his contract and try to amend as much as possible um i think though if we terminated him he would still get that money so um But you know that's make him work till the end. That's right. That's right. Period. Uh, you know you don't. Um, you know we we let off 400 plus employees when they could have easily been used as either you know um, community uh, servants. You know they could have delivered food from food banks to people that aren't allowed that aren't able to go out. Um, they could have done a lot of things. They could have made sure everybody was okay. I mean, there was there there was work to be done that those employees could have been doing, and I think it was a I think it was a terrible decision to let them go. And I understand yep. that they're trying to prepare us for next year's budget, and 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 I, I get that. But you know, they fired them what in March, and it was kind of yeah. like, oh, well, thanks. Like exactly. The city budget. The city had already had a budget passed, so it's not like that current budget was was affected you know so i think oh, yeah. a, a bad choice. Mrs. Over, we have a few minutes left i do want to give you the opportunity to provide i think on the bottom of our screen we put your your facebook page but where can people contact you they want to volunteer um that would be the best place to to reach out to me is on my facebook page um i you know i i try to i answer everything as as, as soon as possible i i have it on my phone so i'm Very, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me without me, I guess, giving my phone number away, which I don't mind. I mean, I can always change it if I get, if you know, if it. If you get elected. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, well, my number is nine one five three two nine one nine six nine. If anybody feels like reaching out, um, most of the volunteering that I would would accept would just kind of, kind of just be sharing the word. Um, I'm. I'm trying not to let a lot of people. I, I wouldn't want anybody to go out knock door knocking or, or going up to people personally, especially during this pandemic. I would hate for somebody that to volunteer and then they get sick. Um, and I definitely don't. I, I'm not asking for money because um, you know there's a lot of people. These are tight times and these are trying times, and and you know you need all the resources you can have. So uh, that's why I'm trying not to do is uh, trying to accept any money or asking for any donations. Give the number one more time. 915-329-1969. All right. Mr. Zildorf, let me one more question. Um, when it comes to, like, and I know this is a, a question you probably have been asked a thousand times on all the different forums, 
But uh, well, two questions: Why would you want to do this kind of job with so much uh, stress? That's my personal question. And I guess a common question is the streets. What can you talk about when it comes to the the lack of infrastructure when it comes to the streets? Sure. Um, one of the, well, for to answer why, I mean, I'm obviously crazy. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm used to being in stressful situations every day when I'm at when I was at work on the fire department. So you know, I, I've been trained, you know, to think quick on my feet, to know what's what to do that would bring bring the best uh, results. And so, you know, I, I give my, you know, I, I take my hat off to Mayor Margo, you know, during the August third shootings. I mean, that must have been really hard for him to, to deal with. Um, fortunately, he had a lot of support, not just from uh, the fire department, but every other federal agency that showed up that we have in El Paso. I mean, they were all there to help support him. And I, and I think he did the best that he could. Um, and as far as this, so that's one of the reasons why I want to do it. I'm not, I'm not scared of, of the stress. I can, I can deal with that, um, you know, pretty well. And, um, and yeah, I really, like I said, I, I, I saw a lot of inefficiencies within the city while I was in the city. And then when I was going to the city council meetings, and I think I could really help this city move forward to a future that we should already, already be living in. Yeah. Amen to that. As far as, as far as the streets, I mean, you know, it brings me back to the, you know, living in the future that we are going towards the future that we should be living in now. Um, I think we should really uh, tap into the, 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 the pool of all the brain that we have here. I know a lot of people say we have a, a brain drain, but we also have a lot of uh, students and young professionals that that, you know, ne- were never able to find a job, not because they weren't. Um, qualified but because el paso isn't the only city in america and there's a lot that's a lot of there's a lot of people out there vying for those those uh occupants or those jobs um and so i'd really really reach into them and 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 tap into the into their creative mindset and see what they can do you know i have my own ideas like i would love to rebuild our infrastructure into uh plastic roads because we have an abundance of plastic with and on on the planet um and I think we could. I mean, if anything, it's it's creating a lot more jobs for for our for our citizens, and I think that would really help pull us out financially whenever this pandemic passes. I'm into that. No, you're right. Before we go, uh, Mr. Abel or Mr. Baltiza, you have any more questions for Mr. Zaldor? No, just just one real quick one. How are you going to deal with the uh, the tax burden uh, that we have in, in El Paso? Yeah, so that's that's huge, you know, and <clears throat> I think Mayor Mario was trying to pitch that he fought against raising our taxes. But I mean, if you just go back two years ago, he was saying that the central appraisal district wasn't appraising our houses correctly and that we should be owing more. So I'm not sure which one he, you know, what side he is on, but um, it's definitely going to be hard. We're definitely going to need as much funding as we can uh, when we get out of this pandemic. But my major goal is to rebuild our city and rebuild our infrastructure to serve our city. You know, while we might not be able to um, cut taxes, I, I feel like we should be getting more from the taxes that we're paying. And I definitely want to reach out to El Paso Electric and, you know, work in agreement with them and you know, maybe become their their power generator, you know, and, and really move our city towards a renewable infrastructure to, you know, support El Paso Electric and hope and who knows, maybe eventually as time goes by, we build enough, we produce enough power to get a little bit of return on that investment from them 
at the very least, we should move towards offsetting our prices, our electricity prices within the go- within the city, and then without uh, and then out out among the public. Um, you know, I mean, if we're using our taxes to you know build this infrastructure, then we should definitely get something out of that. Yeah, true. So, do I get my last question, George? Yes, of course, Mr. Abel. <laughs> uh, let's go. There's a talk and there's already uh, pre-planning for uh, redoing I-10 in the central part of town. And uh, I mean, I know engineers think they're all that, but uh, I, I think they must have been smoking something when they engineered what they're trying to put out and, and knock out half of the half of central El Paso because they want to do a big, huge roundabout. And I don't know what the hell else, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, if, if elected mayor, I'm definitely going to reach out to TxDOT and say, can we please just build a highway that circumvents El Paso? Yeah. You have to work with Fort Bliss to, you know, hopefully and you know, on Fort Bliss, we could either build a tunnel or build a mound to have that that highway go through so they don't have to, you know, so there's no security problems. But I think if, if we did that and also built a rail line alongside that highway through Anthony Gap and straight to the uh, Santa Teresa um, facility, I think that would really help ease not only traffic, but also the, the train traffic that goes through El Paso. And if, you know, I mean, I'm always thinking forward, right? There's always going to be a reason why we want to do something. And I think if we did that, if we could strike a deal be- with, uh, with Union Pacific, who knows, maybe we could rent or lease out those train tracks that are within the city and we could move forward towards a uh, light rail transit system to help, you know, service the Northeast, the East, and then the Far East side. And I think that would really help um, alleviate traffic on our and it, I-10 is falling apart, right? It's 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 old. Yeah, it um, is. And I, and I think that would help ease the the stress on that that infrastructure right there. Yeah. Um, well, so, so that's uh, my that's my major. I didn't problem. know who you were, man. I didn't know who you were. I didn't even know that uh, you were running, and I apologize for that. I try okay. to stay on top of everything, but you know, everyone's concentrating on the first four names. <laughs> well, actually, the first three names out of this five, you know, so. Right. But I'm quite I'm quite impressed with your background, and uh, I want to encourage you that whatever happens this time to uh, please put your uh, put yourself out there again because I think you're a very viable candidate. I think you're uh, very knowledgeable, and of course, you come out of the leadership mill that is Cathedral High School. So uh, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you, sir, and viva la cate. Well, folks, you're listening to No Vision Internet Radio with Mr. Jesus Bautista, our political contributor, Abel Rodriguez, and, of course, our special guest, Mr. Calvin Zerdorf. Before you leave, Mr. Zerdorf, do you want to say anything? Sure. Um, You know, we're already in the midst of early voting, and that ends on October 30th, with Election Day being on November 3rd. Um, And please vote for Calvin. I am number one on the ballot, so you won't even have to read the other names. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Yeah. Abel. Yes. Abel, do me a favor, please. Do me a favor. Yes. Does this end the show like you used to end your show? Oh, well, you know, that was all for today here on uh, the George Network. <laughs> and, uh, as I like to say to everybody in our pueblo, our pueblo of El Paso Juarez, Te Raza. See you next week. See you later. Thank you. <laughs>